Hello, everyone, and welcome to Canadian Sport Institute Pacific's Podium Cast podcast. In this podcast, we explore cutting edge ideas, gain valuable insights, and dive into athletes' journeys from the world of high performance sport. Hello everyone, I'm your host Kendra Stoner and I'm so excited you're here with me today. Today I have with me upcoming Tokyo 2020 softball pitcher superstar Sarah Gronowagen. Thank you for being with me today and congrats on your accomplishments. Today's episode is sponsored by Endure Performance Socks, socks that make you feel and look awesome. I'm actually currently wearing my whale pattern socks, and I'm seriously in love with them. (laughs) So, Sarah, let's get started. Could you start by telling me where you're from and what got you into softball? Yeah, so I'm from White Rock, British Columbia. I grew up here. I have lived in the same house my entire life, so I'm definitely a White Rock homebody. And I started playing softball because my older sister, Marina, she actually played before me. And it was just a local thing to do. Um, I was very involved with sports growing up. I played pretty much everything that was competitive. I swam, I played basketball, volleyball, I played tennis. So I kind of did everything. But um, Marina, my older sister, kind of got me into the softball world. So started when I was about five and then just kind of kept with it. And here I am today. (laughs) That's so awesome. So can you tell us about your experience at the Pan Am Games you just had at the end of August and your results leading up to being our October 2019 Athlete of the Month? Yeah, so the Pan Am Games were obviously in Peru. It was a very awesome experience. I think anytime that an athlete gets to experience a multi-sport game, I mean, it's really awesome. So softball we're used to just world championships or softball specific events so any time like I said we're able to do an event where there's more than one sport there um, it's really awesome so I actually got to experience the Pan Ams for the first time in Toronto when we, we hosted in 2015 and honestly there's no comparing to that I mean anytime you play on home soil it's very very special and we actually won gold that event so it was just super awesome in itself, but um, Peru was definitely another exciting experience. Um, it was really cool to be a, in a foreign country and, you know, kind of getting thrown into a land that you're not really familiar with, food you're not familiar with. It's all a challenge in itself. So definitely a lot of things we learned and um, grew from there. And then, yeah, we ended up winning silver. It's definitely not the outcome we wanted, but Uh, We did beat the USA, who is the reigning world champion there. So it kind of proved to everyone that, you know, Canada's in it to win it, especially after qualifying this summer. We're going into the Olympic year like we can win a gold medal. So we're all super excited about that. Um, But yeah, it was all in all a really fun experience. And we're super grateful that we got to go there and play. That's so awesome. And Just to give a little announcement, you pitched a no-hitter game over Venezuela. You had two perfect innings against Cuba, four innings, no runs, and four strikeouts against Puerto Rico, and four innings only allowing two hits, and you had three strikeouts versus Mexico. And that was all on the same weekend. That is unreal. Congratulations to you. 
thank you <laughs> no worries <laughs> so now you're going off to the olympics and gearing up for tokyo how does that feel yeah it's super exciting i think uh softball is definitely a 12-month sport like there's no off season so technically right now it is our off season um we got about two weeks off after our qualifier event that ended on September 1st and we're back into training heavily in the gym. Um, it's about a six day a week thing. So we really get one off day. Um, but yeah, we're gearing up. We centralize as a team. I think February 3rd is the date they just announced. So we'll luckily all be able to get together in Halifax is where we'll be moving. Um, and I think it will be like a roster about of about 20, to 22 girls and then the Olympic roster gets cut down to 15 so it's it's exciting to be able to say that we have qualified but no one knows if they're on the team yet so that's that's the constant anxiety that everyone's facing right now to be honest but um, we're all very excited to be a part of this journey and you know softball's first time back since 2008. Yeah what are your thoughts on that? for the Olympics to not have softball since 2008. Yeah, so if it's quite crazy to, to think or to say out loud that if softball was in the Olympics, I would be, I think, a three or four time Olympian right now. So um, getting the opportunity to be an Olympian alone is, I mean, it's a very special um, to be a part of, but then getting able to, you know, go through the battles and the ups and downs with a core group of girls on the team who are all going to experience being an Olympian for the first time together. I think that's the coolest part. I mean, there is a, there's a group of veterans coming back who have been to the Olympics before, which is awesome. They're going to guide us through it and they're going to, you know, kind of teach us the ways of it. But being able to be a part of a group that is experiencing everything for the first time. I think there, there's nothing else like it. Obviously, I would have liked to have it in the Olympics since 2008, but that's out of our control. So just looking into the future, we're all very excited to, you know, get it done together. Totally. And I think Canada's very excited for you guys, too. <laughs> um, I guess it's kind of interesting because nobody's been at the Olympic Games in softball since 2008. So... It's almost like everyone's coming into it in the same, like not having that experience yet. How do you think that's going to affect the games? I think um, you can look at it one of two ways. You can be extremely excited about it or you can be super nervous and kind of let it eat you up. So I think we're just trying to maintain that excitement rather than the nervousness. I think no matter what team it is, so USA, Japan, us, Mexico, Australia or Italy, um, there's only six teams in these these Olympic Games. And no matter what team it is, there's going to be those nerves. There's, it's the biggest event for any sport. So there's going to be those nerves, but it's just finding a way to control them. Um, and like I said, just having fun and being excited about the opportunity to be there. Totally. And having a group of 15 girls all doing it together, I think, is really unique opportunity to feed off of each other's excitement and look out for each other when those nerves do kick in. Totally. Yeah. Cool. So I'd love to kind of discuss some of the adversities you've faced, not only in your athletic career, but in your life. I know in our athlete of the month uh, question and answer, you kind of went into this, but could you maybe let us listeners know what you've kind of gone through? Yeah. So there's, there's quite a few things that I could list off. Um, 
firstly, I'll, I'll list that I'm a type 1 diabetic. So I was diagnosed when I was nine. And, um, you know, a lot of kids who are diagnosed with this disease, they think they can't really, they can't play sports because when your blood sugars are spiking so much, it kind of makes you feel out of control of your body. So a lot of kids growing up kind of either give up the sport or just think they can't play at a high level because there's nobody you know, that they've seen do it kind of thing. So I was diagnosed when I was nine. And it's quite crazy because my older sister, Marina, like I said, the one who was playing softball before me, she is also type one diabetic. So she, um, you know, kind of taught me the ropes growing up. She showed me that it could be done. She ended up going to JUCO out, uh, right after her grade 12 year for softball. And then eventually went D1 as well. So I think she just kind of showed me that it could be done. And I mean, diabetes is not fun and I would never like wish it upon my worst, my worst enemy. It is one of the worst things to happen to somebody, I think. But like I said, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's finding a way to come back from that and bouncing back. And I think, um, yeah, I think I, I don't like talking about myself in this manner, but I think I've done a good job of, you know, controlling what I can control. And I love how I have a platform to, kind of inspire kids who didn't have someone growing up with diabetes you know yeah Um, so there's that and then you know I've torn a lot of athletes get injuries here and there I've torn my MCL that was my senior year of college it kind of didn't take me out of the game in the season so I was lucky with that it took me out during the off season so I had some time to get back from it Um, it made me find my love for the sport again, because, you know, when you're sidelined from something, it, it gives you the opportunity to one, either walk away or find the love for it again. And, you know, get the urge to want to be back on the mound, get the urge to want to be on the field again. So there was that my senior year of college. And then that ended up being one of my, or it was my best year at school. And then, um, most recently in 2018, I I kind of came down with something. I ended up missing our world championships. Um, Very, it's very crazy how this all happened, but we had just came back from California, a trip from California, and I was feeling kind of sick in California, but we just, me and my trainer thought it was food poisoning or whatever. So we came back and we ended up playing in the Canada Cup, which is here in Vancouver. It's in Surrey, BC, so it's really close to home for me. and then I also just like had felt like crap all week. And I was like, oh, maybe it's it's food poisoning, whatever. And then my insulin pump ended up breaking that that same week. So when your insulin pump breaks as an athlete, that means you have to go on injections again. And your levels just kind of are all over the place because your body is so used to getting insulin all the time. And when you go back on injections, it's not as you know scheduled or as controlled. So there was that. And when your blood sugars as a type one diabetic are spiking, that means your immune system um, kind of fails a little bit. Um, So you're more prone to getting sick. So I ended up getting Legionnaire's disease, which is a severe form of pneumonia. Um, I was in an induced coma for 10 days throughout that summer. And meanwhile, my team is on a flight to Japan to world championships. So we went to the hospital thinking that, oh, hey, it might just be the flu. 
I had flu symptoms, um, just super high fever for a few days. And I was getting back pain and just like my body was aching. So we thought it was the flu, um, thought we would just get it checked out at the hospital uh, just in case because we were leaving for Japan the next day or within the next few days. And uh, yeah, I woke up and I had no idea what happened. I was like, hey, where's my team kind of thing? Like I thought I was just going to be hopping onto a on a flight to Japan and they were actually halfway through Worlds at that time. So it was just a wild term of events. I'm just extremely grateful for my health now, but looking back, it's just like, wow, my life could have severely changed within those 10 days. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sarah. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. That's insane. Yeah, I think there was a day, I think day two of the coma, um, they said I had a 3% chance of living because they didn't know what I was sick from and my my blood couldn't oxygenate itself, so that's why they put me in a coma. I had to be put on an ECMO machine, which is a machine that oxygenates your blood and circles it out of your body through a machine and back in. So, yeah, that 3% is quite wild. And I didn't even know this until, you know, this summer when my parents were telling me more details of the event. So it's it's very wild. But again, just super grateful for, you know, my health and my team's support through it all. Oh, my gosh, I have goosebumps. That is a wild ride you've been on. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. What were your thoughts kind of coming out of that? I know you were like, oh, I'm supposed to be going to, uh, were you going to Japan or was the team going yeah, to Japan? Worlds were, yeah, worlds were in Japan. Like, what? how was that expressed to you? Like, no, Sarah, you have been in a coma for two weeks. Like, what were, you, what I were your thoughts? I think it took some time. Yeah, it definitely took some time. Um, I mean, the the first couple of days that I was coming off my medications, I, you know, my people would say, have you even known who I am? It's definitely crazy to think of, one, how many medications I was on, and two, you, your body just, you know, is adjusting throughout this whole process. So I don't think I was coherent enough to really understand what was going on and what had happened, but I think as as the medications wore off, as I got taken off each line one by one I was kind of like okay this is what happened like I'm actually really sick and I'm in the hospital you know 10 days have gone by it that's kind of when things were you know clicking in when I was getting off the medications one by one wow yeah after that experience kind of what was it like coming back into softball is that a slow process yeah, I would say it was pretty slow, I think. Um, I think I got out of the hospital. It was like August 5th, I believe, something like that. And then um, mainly I got out of the hospital because there it's quite sad, but there were no beds available. So they were like, you know, you, you need to go home, but at home you need to stay in bed kind of thing. Because my, my mobility was, you know, not there. I couldn't walk on my own. Um it took me about a month to get going, like to be able to walk comfortably by myself at a pace that I felt comfortable. Um, yeah, it took me about a month. And then once that month kind of rolled by, I think it just it clicked because um, I actually had a teammate's wedding of mine to attend. And it was in the middle of September. And of course, I really wanted to go. I never get to go to weddings. It would have been my first wedding to go to just because mainly they're always in softball season. So I was like, I'm not missing this wedding. <laughs> and it's a teammate's wedding. So I was like, I'm really not missing this wedding. Um, 
so I got the clearance to fly. My lungs were all good to go kind of thing. Um, and so I think that was September 15th. And then, like, if you know me, I'm not going to – you know that I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing what I want. So I I was in the gym with the team. I mean, I obviously couldn't do everything that they were doing, but I was going to be there and give it my 100%. So – I started training with them on the day that everyone else started, but obviously it was quite a slow process to gain my strength and everything back. But then fitness testing came by in November and I PR'd on pretty much everything of my fitness testing. So that was a pretty proud moment for me, um, especially, you know, looking back at what had happened at like three or four months prior. Totally. I absolutely get that attitude from you of nothing can stop you so good for you thanks (laughs) no problem so having type 1 diabetes what does that kind of look like let's say in a game setting are you checking your your um, blood sugar levels throughout the game are you snacking away do you feel low um, sugar levels kind of coming on like what does that look like yeah so it's it's pretty complicated uh you know I have to test my blood sugar especially when I'm pitching it has to be at a good level if it's not uh usually my coaches or my teammates can tell that something's up so it's it's coming back every inning and testing if it's low it's it's um you know having some snacks or glucose tablets if it's high it's giving myself an adjustment with some insulin so there's a range that you want it to be at and I like no off personal like experiences that if it's not within that range, my performance goes downhill. So I, I want to make sure that it's in that range. Um, so yeah, it is testing every inning. Um, I, I am lucky enough where I, I do feel my low blood sugars and I feel my high blood sugars. So I have pretty good self-awareness with that, but um, you know, you can, you can feel everything as much as you can but ultimately testing and having that number in front of you is what's gonna you know confirm what you're at so it's I kind of treat it as you know people sprain their ankles all the time they have injuries they have to look after those injuries so with a sprained ankle you tape your ankle there's like solutions to it so with my diabetes yeah it's it's an quote-unquote injury but I just there are ways to treat it and control it so that's what you do in those moments so earlier you had discussed tearing your mcl and how your grades were uh the best they ever were i totally relate to that with playing sports in university and how um the sport life balance is a bit tricky can you maybe describe how sport affects life outside of sport yeah i think uh i think it's it's quite connected. I think a lot of kids growing up don't want it to be and they get to school and they realize how much, you know, time management they need to have to be a student athlete. Uh, I think that sports are definitely a good outlet for things that are going on outside of your sport. So like, for example, if you're going through a really rough time with relationships, you know, with your parents, with your school, sports have always been an outlet for me to go through, go and just play and, not think about anything but your sport you know it's been really good and I think it's super healthy for kids to have something like that um growing up and you know even outside of outside of high school going into college and 
you know, post-college, I think it's just, it's super healthy to have something outside of normal life to just go and focus on that. So I think for me, it's been a really good outlet in that sense. But I think, again, being a good athlete, you need to have good grades. You need to have good time management. You need to take care of yourself. There are definitely, like, there are things as an athlete, um, you know, especially playing at a high level that correlate to your lifestyle outside of your sport. So it's definitely something I recommend for everybody getting into sport. I can say that my whole life, you know, I'm super bias towards that sense and that lifestyle but yeah again I think everyone should get into movement and healthy lifestyles no matter who they are I completely agree I think being an athlete teaches you so many applicable skills such as the time management and being able to stay organized and on top of your things because growing up I wasn't allowed to go to volleyball practice or whatever practice I had that night if I hadn't completed my homework so it's like that motivation piece too Totally. Sweet. So I think I have one more question. Um, Do you have any advice for upcoming athletes on how to maintain that organization and that life balance with being an athlete? Yeah, I think this is going to sound super harsh, but I think some people need people to tell it how it is sometimes. Uh, My advice is if you don't love it, get out of it. I chose softball and it is and has taken over my entire life right now. And I am a hundred percent okay with that because I love it. You know, it's, it's made me into the woman I am today and I'm more than excited to play at a high level. And even if you don't play at a high level, you still have to enjoy it and put your full commitment into it. So if you're not loving it, don't do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. (laughs) Totally. Life's too short to, to do the things you don't want to be doing and dedicate your everything to. (laughs) Totally. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on with me today. I really appreciate you sharing a bit of your story. Yeah. Thank you for having me. No worries. And best of luck with your upcoming training and your first Olympic games. We're so stoked for you. Thanks, Kendra. No problem. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Podium Cast. Don't forget to subscribe to be informed on any upcoming episodes. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Podium Cast. If you have any feedback or topics you'd like covered, send us an email at athlete at csipacific.ca. Stay tuned for our next episode and have a fabulous day.